Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how you doing over there? I already ate all the Halloween candy. It's... Yeah, you better get some more for tomorrow. I, th- I mean, th- that is a thing. You went too early. Yeah. You cannot go. I'm the same way. I, f- I mean, if that stuff comes into the house, you know, two or three days before, I am in it like I cannot stop. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so you and I are both going to be back at the store this afternoon and tomorrow. So and we're we- not getting the cheap stuff, chocolate. So we actually have candy for the for the kids tomorrow night. Yes. For, for sure. McKay? Hey, what are you going to be for Halloween tomorrow? Myself. Oh, you are? Okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I was going to be a Fizbo, but then I, uh, for sale by owner, but then I thought it was a bad idea. Yeah. So, so, so I'll just be a realtor, um, like like usual, and we'll be, we'll be in good shape. So mm-hmm. happy early Halloween to everybody out there. Please have a safe night um, yes. tomorrow night and, and enjoy, enjoy yourself. Last week, we got all the scary real estate stuff out out of the way and did our Halloween show last week. So um, back to a more serious topic this week. But before we do, we always like to start with our crazy celebrity real estate house. Mm-hmm. And I've gone international on this one. So um, in college, I took um, an upper level art history class. And so when okay. I see some art, um, some historical art mixed with the housing story. Um, this one got me. So this is, um, there is a, there was a Baroque master painter um, named Caravaggio and he had painted in a mansion in Rome. Mm-hmm. He had painted a mural on the ceiling. Like this is like, I mean, we're talking like Sistine Chapel type stuff. The mural on the ceiling of this property is valued at alone $360 million. Wow. So they're going to auction off this mansion. It's a 32,000 square foot home. Mm-hmm. They're going to auction it off. They're going to start the auction at $471 million. Wow. So here's the interesting thing about Italian law and their version of like historical preservation society. Mm-hmm. So the villa is actually protected by what they call their Ministry of Culture. Hmm. So at the auction, once the auction is done and settled, the Italian government will actually then have an option to buy the property at that price instead of let to protect it, instead of letting it sell to the winning bidder. So Mm. in doing so, even if the winning bidder, though, wins, it is written into the contract, and since it's protected, um, that the owner is required to spend almost $13 million restoring the mural. Wow. So you buy the house, it's yours. You've just spent half a billion dollars 
freaking dollars on this thing. Yeah. And you got to spend another $13 million <laughs> restoring the ceiling. Um, and so that is probably um, the most interesting in my terms, what I call that first right of refusal and or covenant that basically runs with the property um, that I have seen. So it will be very, very interesting um, to see what this goes for. They're going to auction this property off in January. Comps. Half, yeah. <laughs> half no. a billion dollars for, I mean, are you buying a piece of art or are you buying a mansion? I, I you know, Both. I, both at that point. And I, I don't, I think that it, that is a limited amount of bidding pool. Yeah. I did, I did run the commission in my head just for fun and it did, it was all right. Like, I, like I, I wouldn't mind the auction house I think is going to do okay on, on this deal. Well, we've got to go to a more serious topic and one that we run across a lot. And I haven't done this show in a while. I looked back at our show notes and it's been a couple years and I, I got a good reminder though. Last year mm-hmm. we moved our office. And and we moved, and then um, and then I'm personally taking on a we'll call it a moving project right now, and so I've been reminded about all of the things that make a move go more smoothly, yeah. and um, and what you need to do. And so then I as I was paying attention to that more this last week, we had a number of um, things happen where people were shocked by moving issues that popped up, and so I said, okay, let's go over some of the common moving issues that we see. And so the first one is I sat down with uh, with a friend and a client and and they said, you're not going to believe this. My brother, uh, my brother was moving to Tennessee, went down to U-Haul to get a truck. He sold his house because he said the market was so great and um, didn't even really think about all of the logistics that went with it. He went down to get the U-Haul truck and the bid was $8,000. To like rent the U-Haul truck. I mean, the guy about fell over. He said, "You can't. I can't believe that's the price." Nothing against U-Haul or whatever. It could have been any moving company. Yeah, but um, it was about eight thousand dollars. He's like, "This is absolutely ridiculous," and didn't think about some of these logistics, some of these costs, some of these things that we need to look about um, with moving. Number one, this happened recently, and so we're at the end of a peak moving cycle. You know, yes. our summer months and that. And then another thing that's interesting is, you know, I started to do a little research for the show about it and stuff. And one of the cool things about it is U-Haul themselves um, has amazing data about states people are moving out of and states people are moving to. They call it the migration list. Yes, absolutely. So like the migration study in years past, we've looked at that. So I, I ripped that thing out again and said, okay, here's a really interesting thing to look at cost wise. Mm -hmm. That story I just told you about, my past client, my friend and and their brother, um, he said he was moving to Nashville, and so that's where he went to get the moving truck to. You pull out U-Haul's study, number one by migration growth, the most trucks in the nation go to Tennessee. Yes. Um, Number one. Number two, my son's there right now, McKay. Texas. At Texas is number two. If you're getting trucks, if you're going to Tennessee, if you're going to Texas, I'll round out the top five for you. Florida, Mm -hmm. Ohio, Mm -hmm. and Arizona. Yep. Absolutely. Like, you are going to pay more. Those are what they call the one-way, and they also do that. 
that. Washington used to be in the top 10. Yeah. We're now down in the 30s okay. as far as the number of one ways into our state. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a telling number for you where in parentheses two years ago, we were number five. Yeah. And now we are number 36. The lower the number, that means the more people are fleeing your state. Yes. And th- that is a show that you do in another time slot that yep. is poli- a political show. We will not do that here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but from a purely real estate perspective, it's it's amazing. And the, it's amazing how f- quickly we have fallen off of that list. Yes. Now we are not the worst, however. I, I will tell you, I will give you the bottom six, meaning that you can get a U-Haul um, truck cheap. very cheaply to go to these states because no one is moving there. Um, the fifth number fifty, uh, California. I was going to say California. I'm, I don't want to play spoiler alert. Forty nine, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, Forty eight, New Jersey. Forty seven, Massachusetts, and forty six, Maryland. Forty five, New York. No, um, forty five is actually Oregon. Our our neighboring wow. uh, yeah so you can if you're going across you know the way here we can get some cheap we can get some cheap trucks for wow. you there. so really interesting to look at that data and where people were the year before and and um, and what that what that looks like Colorado um, has had a huge resurgence um, Colorado the year before was ranked number 42 not a lot of people Coming, they've gone from forty-two to six. Whoa! I, I, and so, but you look at quality of life. You mm-hmm. look at outdoor. You, you know, you look at there wasn't maybe a lot of industries headquartered there and stuff. And so now you look at what that looks like now. Um, more people working from home, not having to commute. So. Interestingly enough, though, do your research on your moving costs based upon where you're going mm-hmm. before you get started. Do, you get started doing that. The other reason that I bring this up is we have a number of times throughout the course throughout the course of the year, and one reason why I wanted to do this show where people get caught. Not knowing how difficult the move is. Yes. They wait till the last week. If they, I mean, it goes quick, people. If you have a 45 day escrow, but you want to wait till we get through the inspection because you're not sure you're going to negotiate the rates and it was a 10 day inspection. Mm-hmm. Now you've cut it down to 35 days. We're just over four weeks. And then you have to move an entire house that you have collected things in for 20 years. If you are not properly, Properly prepared for that. Let me tell you, those four weeks go really, really quickly. Um, the second thing that happens, and I just wrote down these reasons that I see in our business over the course of the last couple months and the mistakes. Number one is we're creatures of habit. We like what we have. We like the space that we have. 
that is a comfortable situation for us to be in. So when we start packing that up, when we start changing that and, and adjusting our routines, stress, mm-hmm. additional stress, not so great decision making that happens. Yes. And then it's a snowball effect. Um, the third thing that I put down is that we all have tools that we use in our life, whether that be a family room or a home gym or a home office. Well, when the tools that you use in your normal course of your life disappear, you become at a disadvantage. And so you're not able to function like you like you normally, normally do. Would. So I always warn people two things. Start early in this process mm-hmm. um, to get organized. And then the second thing that I say is you've got to have a two to three day backup plan. Real estate is a moving target with hundreds of pieces of information and changes that can happen. Loan document requests, when the loan documents go out, if something delays closing, if an appraisal's coming back a little bit late. To say that you can't have a two to three day buffer, we always try to hit that closing date just right on the nose. But Mm -hmm. the, the hundreds of things that have to happen to make that happen, there are times when it doesn't. So two to three day backup plan, meaning if it doesn't close on Friday, um, what are you going to do with your stuff on Friday, Saturday and Sunday? Those are not normally business days. So it Mm -hmm. compounds and makes the effect worse is what is going to happen with your stuff? Where are you going to stay if that property doesn't doesn't close? What does the backup plan look like? So we always like to tell people those two pieces of, of items first. Number one. Uh, on a global perspective, start early and have a backup plan. And then I've got some really good tips that help make that moving process go faster. Before the break, I'm going to hit you with numbers one and number two. And that is um, find free moving boxes at recycling drop-off points. A lot of times people are there, they're dropping boxes, they're going to be short-term that you're going to use. That's a great spot to get them at. The second tip that we have is, be, is, you know, a month or two before you get ready to move, for permanent items that you want to keep in tubs, one of the things you can do is you can buy you can buy tubs that you can put stuff in that you'll reuse or keep for a year or two if you're in transition. Um, for instance, I don't know if you've been to even like our local Costco lately. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot of those tubs that are like half price, so that's a great option to source those. Same ones you use for holiday storage. Exactly. If you start to look ahead of time, you can find some good some good deals on those. The second thing is that a lot of times people will keep their original boxes for electronics and appliances that fit in a very specific well-packed box. Mm-hmm. If you have the storage capability, store those boxes and then reuse those for moving. When we come back from the break, we've put on some another fantastic Fantastic week of new inventory. We're going to have our pick three and we're going to hit our next seven to eight moving tips to make your move, your move go smoothly. Right here on News Talk 8. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. Today we've been talking about 
helping to make your move go a little better. A lot of times people drastically underestimate what it takes to have a successful move. Yes. How much time it takes to pack everything up, how many closets you actually have, how many junk drawers you have, and going through all of that and what that what that looks like. But before we get to the rest of our moving tips, I wanted to hit you up with some great inventory. Our pick three this week, um, the listing agents have been out there busy, and we've put on some awesome new properties. Um, pick number one, 6502 West 20th Avenue in Kennewick. This is a four-bedroom, four-bath home, daylight basement with views in a fantastic, convenient neighborhood. It's on almost a half acre, 0.42, 3,312 square feet, big formal living room, shiplap accents that have been done. You've got a great room concept with um, custom built-ins on the main level in that family room. The kitchen opens up to that. It has granite counters, tile backsplash, breakfast bar, awesome little desk area. And then you go to that daylight basement. You've got a large bonus room with a pellet stove, a fourth bedroom, and a three-quarter bath. Perfect setup for guests or multi-generational living. Mm -hmm. Really, really nice property. And then you go outside. You've got the deck and patio, the garden area, playhouse, and a chicken coop. I mean, for fresh eggs, is there anything better? Storage shed, fire pit area, and views. And that's coming in at 565000 Wow. Large lot, central Kennewick, hard to find. That's pretty good. Pick number two, I'm taking you out to Horn Rapids, 2867 Hawkstone Court. This is a beautiful four-bedroom, three-bath with a den home, 2637 square feet. You're on the first fairway with a view of the golf course at Horn Rapids. Um, you've got wood floors, tons of natural light, give you that warm feeling. Holiday parties are going to be a breeze because you've got the formal dining room adjacent to the large kitchen with an island. Quartz counters, um, oversized raised dining bar, stainless steel appliances, double ovens for all those holiday parties. Beautifully, beautifully done house. Um, you've got a very private backyard space, mature landscaping, oversized patio and pergola, plus an art studio slash workshop that has a 60 amp service to it to it also. Um, and out there in Horn Rapids, you've got golf, walking trails, community swimming pool, tennis courts, lots of amenities out there. And that's coming in at $499,900. So right under that 500000 mark. And then pick number three, 4807 Lobelia Court in Pasco. This is a four-bedroom, three-bath West Pasco Desert Estates, 2,700 square feet. Um, great curb appeal, LVP flooring, formal dining room, large living room that has an awesome sunroom attached to it. Kitchen has stainless steel appliances, great island, awesome kitchen. You've got a flex space off the kitchen that can be a large pantry or can be a, um, a home office space setup. Um, main level den or fourth bedroom 
option. Lots and lots of awesome room in this property. This one also, this seems to be our theme this week. This one also has a 400 square foot outbuilding with heat and AC. Ooh. So when you get in trouble, McKay, you can get kicked out to your little outbuilding and be warm and be uh, warm in the winter. Your alcove. Your alcove. Y- yes, absolutely. So this property coming in at four hundred fifty thousand. So there is some great, great inventory that that we put on there. So moving tips. Why do we talk about moving tips? What do we see happen a lot of the time? And what we see happen is that we see people are unprepared for that last week of the move. Mm -hmm. We see it happen a lot. They've underestimated what it takes to get together. Another reason that we talk about this is because contractually, it's very, very common that our contracts come with a clause in it that says the seller shall clean the interiors of any structures, remove all trash, debris, and rubbish from the property prior to the buyer taking possession. Well, it's very, very difficult if you try to time your whole move on that last day that you're going to be able to get everything finalized and packed up and get the house cleaned for the buyer and get out by your contract, your contractual time. So I went through and went through some tips of what have we used for moving? What do we do a lot that helps make a difference? The third thing that I wrote down was obtaining quotes from at least two moving companies. Now, there's a lot of great moving companies out there. We have personally used, gosh, maybe even hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. Um, Help You Move does a great job for us. Also, Larson Transfer in Richland there. Um, They do a fantastic job also. We send a lot of referrals to to those two companies. A unique thing that I also wrote down that helps people in this process is if you are going to get a storage unit, Larson Transfer themselves have a program they call Storage Hero, Mm -hmm. and these are basically a mobile storage unit pod. Hmm. And so we talked about that 30 days that you have to close, right? Well, do you want to make 20 trips in your car to your storage unit or... They basically bring the storage unit to you. It's like a container. They have this very cool trailer that winches it off, and it's on rollers. And so they put your storage unit right beside your house or in your driveway. And then that way, over the course of the next two weeks, as you do things a little bit at a time, you can be packing that full. Once it's filled up, you call them up, and then they come pick it up. They take it back to their facility, and they store it in until you are ready. ready you are ready for it so maybe maybe you're doing a new construction build and you move to a smaller apartment and you don't need this stuff for five or six months mm-hmm. um, you can use that setup and then when you're ready to move into your new construction house instead of once again reloading everything and making 20 trips back and forth to storage they bring that pod and they just drop it off at your new house and then you can unpack it at your leisure so some great great options there that make that be- a better process for when they're getting ready to move. Number six that I that I wrote down is 
take photos of your belongings before packing them. Yes. Especially if they are breakable items and you have any concern that they could be damaged during the move or, or that that's happening dur- during a move. Um, that just gives you, um, gives you, you might need those if you need to submit any sort, any sort of claim. The other thing is that if you are uber organized and as OCD as I am, um, using a labeling system for packing your boxes and your totes are a great, great idea, mm-hmm. especially when you have 40 boxes that look alike and they're out in the garage. Um, instead of opening every single one of them or finding the one that looks like, you know, bedroom or kitchen. It's very, very easy to do a searchable Excel spreadsheet, one through 40, if you got 40 boxes. And on that box, you just print off a big, huge one label, and you can buy these at the store. And so you just walk out to the garage, you look, you say bedroom, you type that into your spreadsheet, it comes up and it says box number four. And you go out to the garage and you just grab box number four. It will save you a, it's a little bit of a pain up front, but it'll save you a ton of time in the future. Yes. So. So taking photos of those and coordinating with a label system will absolutely, absolutely save you. The number seven, another thing that I wrote down is a lot of people, because of their work schedule, like to plan moves for Fridays, Thursdays or Fridays or Saturdays. The other part of piece about this is availability of moving companies, availability of trucks, and then also pricing. If you can choose an early week or a midweek move and get the time off, you will pay less and you will have greater availability of help. Um, yes. And also, right, something always comes up in these situations, um, whether that is getting your cable hooked up or getting your water turned on or the gas company didn't make it out. Um, I've seen people have very long, not pleasant weekends um, because their gas water heater wasn't hooked up and they couldn't take, you know, warm showers or that type of stuff. If you can move midweek and get the time off, your experience will be smoother. Next thing I wrote down, little trick, is um, do you have an extra iPad? And if you're moving especially across states or you're loading up a truck and sending it with movers, mm-hmm. if you fully charge an iPad and pack it away, you can then use Find My iPad to know where your moving truck is. GPS. Because a lot of people are trying to figure out what time are they going to be here? How far away are they? What does that What does that look like? So consider putting an extra phone or a fully charged iPad in with your moving stuff so you can see where you are in that, in that, in that process. The next thing, um, a couple simple ones um, that we wrote down um, that we've used a lot is... Um, trust me, those foam pouches for plates and glasses and stuff are freaking mm-hmm. lifesavers. I've done it both way where you just throw it in there or you package it all up each individually and it saves you about half the amount of time. So that's that's another huge one. The other thing that we see happen a lot in neighborhoods, if you have a large moving truck coming the night before or the day before, Having a place for that moving truck 
to park. Yes. That can be a major thing. So a lot of times, like what our smart clients will do is if they know it needs to be street parking and, and a neighbor usually parks next door and there's a big semi coming, they will go and park their car out front, you know, the night before so that when the moving truck comes, they can just move it and that can pull in there. Or they will talk to the neighbors and say, hey, tomorrow, can you potentially move this car? Because I have a huge semi coming in. Yes. If you can line that up ahead of time, it'll save you a ton of headaches when you when you actually get there. And then the last thing that I wrote down just as a safety thing that a lot of people don't realize, um, in today's day and age, we just tell people scheduling ahead of time to have your locks changed so that they get changed on that first day. In a timely uh, manner. If you do know roughly when you're going to move, go ahead and pre-schedule that with the locksmith and the company. Um, the earlier you can get on their schedule, the better. You just never know with contractors, um, babysitters, people next door, neighbors that you might not know yet or be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. There can be a lot of copies of keys floating around, and it's a great idea to have all of that rekeyed. Um, I can't say enough how amazing the professionals are in our community, the people, some of the people I talked about today, getting some professional help with that and having a moving assessment done. I mean, this is what these guys do every day in and out. They come to your house, they mark down, you know, what's in each closet, roughly how many boxes you'll need. Um, It's definitely worth giving them a call and going through with those assessments, along with some of the tips we talked about today. Yes. That should help make your moving experience a little bit better so that we don't end up next year on the Halloween scary story where nothing was packed the night before and you're trying to do it all in 20, <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. That's not fun. If you have any questions about those recommendations or need anything, go to KenmoreTeam.com, shoot us a message. We would be glad to help out with that process. Mm-hmm. Everybody have a happy Halloween and we will be right back here next week in November on News Talk 870.